0: It's our prayer that this message from God's word will deeply impact your life. If you are visiting to the church, thank you so much for, for coming and, and worshiping along with us. My name is Rick. I am the campus pastor here at Portico Milton. Portico is one church, one message with many expressions, and what we mean by that is that the church meets in multiple locations. The same basic service happens all over the place, but you have chosen to join us in the best expression of Portico, where, where yeah, woo, where... where Sometimes there are surprises that you just may never know about if you're not watching carefully. So after the service, there is, there's going to be, um, the, the kids have actually baked, so enjoy that if you dare, and uh, there, <laughs> we, if you do have questions about the church, then we'd love to connect with you after the service. We are in week two of our brand new series called Signs, and we're looking at how God communicates to us through signs, through his creation, through signs in, in our world, through signs for other people, through signs in the Bible. And last week, Pastor Joe, we streamed into the Mississauga campus, and Pastor Joe gave us a great introductory in, uh, overview of how God may communicate, and he was specifically looking at through the stars. And today we're going to look at Can God communicate something to us in the chaos? And we thought, what a better morning to have the chaos of like 30 kids on stage dancing and singing and baking for us. So so we're going to see, can God communicate to us through the chaos? And if if you haven't been paying attention, the world has become a little bit more chaotic recently. There's all kinds of things happening, and we just put together a video compilation in case you haven't been paying attention to anything over the last 12 months. This is basically what happened in the last 12 months on video in one and a half minutes. 58 people now dead. More than 500 people wounded in a horrific shooting on the Las Vegas Strip. It's the deadliest mass shooting in modern United States history. Puerto Rico doesn't often have hurricanes make landfall. Most of them pass to the north or south of the island. As you see here, that wasn't what happened Wednesday with Hurricane Maria. It became the first category four storm in 85 years to directly pass over Puerto Rico. Breaking new details about North Korea's missile launch, Kim Jong-un's regime firing what's believed to be an intermediate-range ballistic missile over Japanese airspace for the second time in a month. This storm is expected to stay over the Texas coast for days, dumping more than two feet of rain before moving to Louisiana. This rented truck barreling over bike riders then slamming into a school bus. Eight people were killed, 11 injured. This was an act of terror. And a particularly cowardly act of terror aimed at innocent civilians. Multiple people have been shot at a church in Sutherland Springs located east of San Antonio. Uh, it is a horrible situation. It's an active crime scene right now. Law enforcement still on the scene. Whether God is trying to get our attention or whether... The world has gone off its axis or something, something is going on in our world today. And, and we are responsible to figure out how we're going to respond. We, it should be on us to figure out, is God trying to communicate something to us? Because Jesus was very clear to us in Luke 12 and 56. He was teaching people and and he was he was looking at them and saying, you can predict what the next day is going to be like by looking at the sky. If you see certain cloud formations, when you wake up and you see a certain color of the sun, you can tell what's happening by the sky, the temperature, the wind. And then he says, How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Now, if we look back in our last year, it's been extremely difficult to con- to try to figure out even like the most basic season that's coming up. July, if you go back to that, that was monsoon season, right? Like it didn't, we had a rainy season here in, in Ontario. It just rained and rained and there was flooding. And remember like Toronto Island closed down. Do you remember all this happening? And what, what was happening? That was supposed to be summer. We couldn't figure that out. And then August turned into fall for some reason. And then September turned out to be the best month of summer all around. We closed our pool the first week of September, you know, to get ahead of the game, so we had, didn't swim in August because it was cold, and we didn't swim in September because it was closed, and, and then October <laughs> turned into September... And if you were out to look at the fall colors, well, the fall colors were completely non existent. We've even had one little fella at, the, at our main office in Mississauga. He can't figure out what season it is either. There's, the, there's, a, there's like a big forest area and mill behind the Mississauga office, and every fall, right up until about Thanksgiving, it seems, there are wild turkeys that kind of walk around. And there's, there's, this is a little picture. This is a picture of a guy that he now lives at our front office doors, and he likes red cars. So, <laughs> so he pokes at the tires of red cars, and I have a nice little red Ford Focus, and, and the receptionist really let me know, yeah, he really likes your car. He's poking at that all, all, all the time. He doesn't even know, because at Thanksgiving, they mysteriously normally disappear. We don't know where they go at Thanksgiving every year, but normally they're gone. And it's now the middle of November, and there's still wild turkeys at the main office. And when we watch the rhythms and the patterns of recent history, something weird, something significant is going on. There's never been as many martyrs in in Christianity as in 2016. There were more Christians who were killed because of their faith around the world than in any other year in 2016. And 2016 only beat the record that was set in 2015. There are devastating ecological events almost monthly which we just looked at the synopsis from CNN and that's only to be outdone by the terrorist events that are seeming to be happen every few months. And it leads people to two very natural conclusions. The one is that God has lost control and chaos is taking over, or God is intentionally doing something to initiate chaos in order to send a message. And as we're in this sign series looking at how God regularly chooses to communicate with humanity, we might see that maybe neither of those answers are fully true. So if you're taking notes, pull out your bulletin. You can fill in notes, pen, and paper if you like that, or you can go and download the Portico app and you can fill in your notes electronically that way. But we've got notes and scriptures there printed for us. You can follow along and some extra reading material as well. And the first one is this, is that God gives signs to help us understand the times in which we live. God regularly wants us to understand what's happening, so he gives us signs in which we live. I want to take you back to the story of Noah. Noah lived in a, genera- in a, in a generation of chaos, just like we live in a genera- generation of, of, of chaos. There were, if, if you go back to, to the book of Genesis chapter 6, it says there were angels Who would leave heaven and come down and sleep with women, and then they would have giant superhumans that were living hundreds of years and conquering other societies around them. This was happening during the time of Noah. If you look at what how the generation was described, it said every thought was consistently and totally evil, and people were corrupt and violent. This, This is where Noah lived. Angels coming down, having offspring with humanity. Consistent and total evil, and people were corrupt and violent. And God looks at this generation and He says, I can't let this keep going. This isn't how I intended people to treat each other. This isn't how I intended the world to be. And so He floods the entire earth. Now, we've just witnessed what is, what's happened in Puerto Rico and Dominica and, and some of the other islands. We know what two days of rain and storms look like, right? Remember how, how horrified we've been when, we, when we've seen these images and pictures? Now I want you to lay what you've seen on video, or maybe some of you have even been down, I know that we've been praying with many people, they have family, they have friends who have been on on the islands. I want you to imagine 40 days of rain. Like we hear the story of Noah, it rained for 40 days. Yeah, it was trickling outside. Imagine Dominica, imagine Puerto Rico for 40 days. Totally ravaged everything. There was nothing else living except that what was on that boat. Now how confident do you think Noah and his family were stepping off of the ark into the world going, God just did that. He not only allowed it, God did it. How confident do you think they were that God was a caring, loving God who was in control and would never do this again? I wouldn't be if I had just seen that for 40 days and God told me that it was coming. I'm not sure how confident I would be in God when I looked at the world around me if I was in Noah's family. And, and so God says, you know what? Noah, I want to make a promise with you. I am never going to do this again. And he says, look over in the sky. I'm going to put colors in the sky magically that every time, and now we know that it's sun and it's hitting the sun that's hitting the moisture in the air and there's the Roy G. Biv. Like We, we get all that scientifically. But what we learned last week is that God God uses the systems that he set into place in order to communicate with us and he says, "Look at the rainbow in the sky every time you look up that 's the sign that 's the promise that you can you can trust me this was a one time thing but the people who were having difficulty believing and trusting that God was in control of the chaos needed to look up into this into the sky and see that rainbow Let me take you to another another period of history where the disciples who had been following Jesus around for three years, they had left their families, they had left their jobs, and they said, I'm going to follow this Jesus who might be God's son. At the very least, he's this amazing prophet who's teaching about God, and we're seeming to figure out that, no, this is the Messiah. He was sent by God to restore the kingdom, God's kingdom to, to Israel. They're following him around. It's like it's like Jesus was a rock star in that, in that day and age. Everywhere they went, people were having parties. People were, were wanting him to come. There were crowds everywhere, and, and they wanted to hear him. They wanted to get close to him. And like, the disciples were like the inner posse that got to go backstage all the time. They, they got to hear the teaching. They got to participate in the parties. They were on top of the world in some ways. And then Jesus is arrested. He's killed and everybody just wants to get rid of anyone who ever said that they followed him or trusted him. So the disciples go from up here in this world, in this place where they think, this finally is God's son. Everything's gonna get better. We're following this guy. We're on in the inner posse, and then he's killed. He's sent away, or he's, he's killed. They're in hiding, and they're thinking, this wasn't the way it was supposed to be. God, how could, how could you do this? And they're, they're questioning God, you're not in control. You, he wasn't supposed to die, and they're, they're hiding for their lives. And then their minds go back to, what were the signs that Jesus was talking about? So they go to the prophecy in Joel chapter 2, verses 30 and 31. He said, I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. This is on the day of the Lord. They said, when on the day of the Lord comes, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming and of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. We call this a lunar eclipse. And we learned this last week. Remember, God speaks through and he, he uses the systems that in the orbits and, and the constellations that he's all, he's all set up. We know that lunar eclipses happen in a rhythmic pattern time over time. But on the day that Jesus died, if you, if you scroll the constellations back, if, if you scroll the orbits back, do you know that on the day that Jesus died, there was no direct sunlight hitting the moon. It was just reflected through the earth's atmosphere, which is what we would call a blood moon. And we've got an image what it, it what it potentially could have looked like. But at 3 o'clock, there was not only a full solar eclipse where the sun would have been turned to black, but there was also a red moon that would have been visible in the sky at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the disciples would have looked around at the chaos and gone, I can't trust that God's in control except that He's given me a sign, and he said, On the day of the Lord, the moon, will be, the moon may turn to blood. And he said, I'm going to give you the sign of Jonah. And the sign of Jonah was, you're going to be in the belly of a whale. Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, and the, it's like life had been taken from him, and then all of a sudden he comes back to life three days later. I find it strangely coincidental that three days after Jesus had been killed, Mary was in the garden. Where by the tomb where he was crucified. Now, Scripture says she came there with spices in order to anoint his body. But the Sabbath would have ended at sundown the day before. So no work could have been done on the Sabbath, so for sure she wouldn't have come during the Sabbath day to prepare the body but she could have come right at sundown because work began. We were just in Israel. Uh, the pastors were just there a couple of months ago. Heather can't get enough of Israel, so she was there uh, last week. She's like the super pastor. Pastor Doug, he, he never leaves now. He just, I think he's taken up a second residence in, in Israel. He's there another week with Amitab with a team from the church. We were just there in, in Israel, and what we saw was that at sundown on Friday, everything closed down. There was nothing that was being done. We couldn't even get, we couldn't even get a coffee, Everybody go. Oh. Poor baby. I know we, we had to, we had to drink hotel coffee that night and that, oh, I know. I know. It's just wrong. And that, so, so then we got up and we went so we went we went out of Jerusalem and we found we found a coffee shop on the road. Thank the Lord. He he provides and and, and then and then we got just kidding. <laughs> we got back Saturday. Uh, late late afternoon and there was dinner at the hotel. It was kind of a scaled back dinner and it was only us, us heathens, us Gentiles that, that were there. The, the Jews weren't eating. But then when sun went down, we said, let's go out and see what's happening on the streets. So at, like, it, it was middle of summer, so sun wasn't going down until eight o'clock or so. The markets began to open and there was a party downtown and there, was, like, there were all these coffee bars and clubs and all these things that were opening downtown for people to, to celebrate. And party till way past midnight now. I went to bed like a responsible young man around, around 10.30, 11 o'clock. What I hear, Heather, how late, how late did it stay open? <laughs> 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 it's, the, it's a real, like the party's going on. So Sabbath ends at sundown. Sabbath doesn't start the next day like, like we would think. Mary could have been there much, much earlier. But she's there on the third day in the morning to anoint Jesus' body. Is it possible that she was putting the signs together and said, in the middle of the chaos, even though my life seems in jeopardy, God's still in control. And then she approaches the gardener and says, how come the stones rolled away? And the gardener turns out to be Jesus. Even after Jesus goes back up into heaven, and I love the way that Acts, <laughs> I love the way that Acts paints this, paints this picture. The disciples are there on the beach with Jesus, and then he's taken up into the clouds and he's gone. And then it says they were just staring there. <laughs> like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> he was he didn't do it the way we thought he was gonna do it, and then he came back to life, and then he left again. He just went into the clouds. <laughs> and they're just staring up <laughs> like I'm really lost. They're like, they're like lost puppy dogs, just staring up. We're totally, we're totally freaked out about what we're supposed to do. And Jesus knows this. So he says, don't go anywhere, guys. <laughs> go back into Jerusalem and just wait for the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to give you. And this is the same Holy Spirit that we believe calls us, draws us, empowers us to do the work that God's empowered us to do. The same Holy Spirit. But the first time the Holy Spirit comes, what happens? There's a sign there's a tongue of fire that drops over top of their heads, a sign that says, guys, I'm with you. You don't have to worry about the chaos that's going on around you. Our God is so faithful that he gives us signs to help keep us going, especially when we feel lost and we feel like we don't know how to do. I've had a couple different conversations this week, and without breaking anybody's confidence, but there, I was speaking with somebody from the church, and they were saying, I'm, just, I'm trying to figure out new direction for my life, and I'm trying to figure out like, where I should be going and, and what i was supposed to be doing with my job, what I could be doing serving in the church, ser- serving in the community. And this person woke up in the middle of the night, and they had the email that they, they had a dream that they were supposed to email the pastor and say, well, how could we, how could, what could I do? And they're and they like, you don't email the pastor about what could I do with my job and what could I do with my life. And, and two things, I may or may not have answers to your questions. That's the first thing. And the second thing is I'm not sure how people how I feel about people waking up having nightmares about me. But but all that all that to say, this person shrugged it off and said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. And that day, I felt like, you know, I'm going to reach out to some people, just let people know about what the next series is and connect with people, see if I wanted to connect. That was the day that I'd never emailed this person before on a whim like that, but I decided to wake up that day and email that person for no other reason than I felt like, I feel like I should connect with you. The same morning that God had just spoken, you should connect and and we should connect, and it turned out that the person, who wanted to, the, the person who wanted to meet with me was looking to start something about a ministry that we've been praying about for over a year, and I've been saying, God, I don't really think we can do this ministry because we don't have the right person. We, we just don't, like, I don't want to do something if we don't have the, the volunteer, the ministry partner that's going to step in. You've gifted and called people, and I don't need to do it unless there's somebody else that should step into that role. That was the same conversation we had that day when God spoke to both of us about emailing. And tell me that God doesn't speak in signs in our world today. Humans have this way, this bad habit of convincing ourselves that we should look for answers within ourselves rather than get the strength that we need to push through the storm. Too, too many of us are hardwired to turn away from God when things get chaotic and say, and say, I'll figure out life on my own. I'll figure out what God's doing on my own. I don't need to look for God. And he's told us to look to the rainbow. And that's more cheesy than it intended it to be. But the the rainbow, the rainbow's not the happy place. The rainbow is the promise that God is still in control in the chaos. Regardless of how crazy the storm appears to be, he's in control. In fact, Matthew 28 and 20 says this. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God has designed it so that when there's chaos, we don't look within, but we look up. You and I are designed to be codependent. The source of our strength and our peace from chaos is not within ourselves. We are designed to look for him for an answer and strength from him. So then we must have another natural conclusion. If if God hasn't lost control and, and chaos isn't taking over, then Maybe God's giving us a sign to reveal what's to come. And that's our second fill-in-the-blank this morning. The global warming people would tell us that if things go long as they've been going in our world, we will lose Japan, the UK, and 10% of all coastal cities within the next 50 years unless we make a change into the way we're treating our world. North Korea has been launching nuclear missiles like their kids with a new bottle rocket. They're just launching missiles into, in, 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 into, into the ocean. We think... Like, the world can't li- exist for that much longer the way that we're treating it. When, when we were just in Israel a few m- months ago in the, in the valley of Megiddo where, where the Battle of Armageddon is predicted by, by most Bible scholars and people that have seen what they've talked about, it's predicted that it'll take place there. And do you know that in this valley, the Israeli National Air Force Base is located right there and you've got two runways that come to a point and then it's an underground air force base where that comes up when the air when the airplanes come in and then just sinks back down that's where their air force base is in the valley where Armageddon is predicted to be and we start to think around maybe god's giving us signs that the end's coming close look what second timothy says this is how people will be near the end of days they'll be boastful and proud they'll be scoffing at god they'll be disobedient to their parents and ungrateful are there any youth still in the in the room this morning Oh, there's a few? They'll be disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. That doesn't describe you at all, right? No, okay, good, good. <laughs> they will consider nothing sacred. They will, these are people. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They'll have no self-control. They will be cruel and they'll hate what is good. That's how Paul described it to Timothy, what will happen in the end of days. Do you know that all throughout history, people have tried to predict the end of the world? You ever watch the Doomsday Clock? You know, like we're like whatever we're like one one minute or two minutes before before midnight. Um, the people that move the Doomsday Clock around, the Mayans told us that on um, in 2012 that the world was going to end. Back in September, there was this rare planetary alignment where there was where where the, um, they said on September 23rd the world could end. And who survived Y2K? Anybody survive? <laughs> Who had a box of like of canned groceries in the basement during Y2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my mom went out. She went to someplace and all the labels had been removed. Like these were like damaged, dented cans with no labels on. But my mom got a box of that, and she was gonna survive on whatever mystery meat and mystery vegetable was inside that box. She was gonna survive on that when Y2K happened, and then. It turned out that it didn't matter. And what, shockingly, they made millions of dollars on selling patches and, and upgrades for our computer system. Shockingly, we, we were very profitable of the potential end of the world that never happened and we knew would not happen. But there, do you know that there has been an end of the world prediction in every century, dating back to the first century when the Jews believed that Jesus said, I'm coming back soon? And when he said, I'm coming back soon, he meant, I'm coming back like soon. They, they believed, the disciples believed he'd be there in the next year. And when a year passed, they're like, well, maybe he'll be here. like Maybe he's like four years because we've got a little bit of work to do. They fully believed to see Jesus come back. And when you see what's, if you put that lens when you read the New Testament and the letters about how you don't worry about getting married. It's better just to go and preach the gospel and, 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 and we're going and they're, they're being killed. Everything was so urgent because they believed they had days weeks, maybe months, before Jesus was coming back. And here's what Jesus told to them um, in Matthew 24, 6, 8. This is before he died. He said, you will hear, the end of days, you will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things much, must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And here's what it says in verse 8. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. And our purpose should not be to try and predict the day that he's coming back, because that's been happening for 2,000 years. And for 2,000 years, people have been horribly wrong <laughs> trying to put a date and a time and say, well, no, I can see through this prophecy and this prophecy and this alignment of the planets. The alignment of the planets happens over and over and over, it's cyclical. And it's not a warning sign that it's happening next week. It's a sign that God is still in control. And when we look up and we see the planetary alignment, we, believe, we see, God, you're in control, and what you said happened is going to happen. So I know you're going to come back the same way the disciples watched you go up. I know you're going to come back, but I have no idea when. <laughs> and I'm not going to try and predict it because jesus said in matthew 24 and 36 nobody knows about the day or the hour not even the angels in heaven nor the sun he said he's talking on earth i don't even know when i'm coming back so you don't try and predict when i'm coming back only the father knows so we remind ourselves that when we look to the when we look to the rainbow when we look to the blood moon when we look to the tetra i learned a new a new word this week tetrad it means a group of four there was, I don't know if you knew that, but there was a group in this, in this I know maybe it was, it was last year, there was four, I was speaking with Pastor Joe when we figured this out. There, were, there was four blood moons that landed on four Jewish festivals, and if you're really, really interested in this stuff, you need to go out to Pastor Joe's teaching on Tuesday nights in Mississauga. Leslie will be teaching it here on Sunday morning, so if either of those time frames work for you, make sure you take, uh, make sure you take advantage of that, and there's like an hour study just on this stuff. But these things happened a few years ago. They happened on four Jewish festivals. And it wasn't to say that Jesus was coming back in 2014. It's just to remind us God is in control. The signs, astronomy, the rainbow, the scriptures, they're not meant to be predictive in terms of what time. They're a reflection of the message God wants us to know. And the message he's communicating to us through the signs is that I'm in control. You don't have to worry about it. And the last one that we have is that God gives us signs to give us hope. He doesn't give us signs to tell us about a day, and he doesn't allow things to happen to to communicate that there's chaos. He gives us signs to give us hope. I want to speak to us, those of us who are already the believers, the convinced in the room this morning. We should never get so arrogant that we would pretend like we don't need a reminder every now and then how amazingly precise and how amazingly detailed God is. For some people when we when we study astronomy, when we study the signs through scriptures, it resonates with them so much and they're like this is this is so amazing. It's convincing me all the more that God is in control. It's the basis of their relationship with God. And others will say we we had this discussion in our in our growth group this week. We would say, you know what? Some people the only answer they can give to all this is cool. <laughs> I already have faith. I don't need signs. I don't need to know. <laughs> Sometimes God just wants to communicate with you and remind you how much he's in control, even the small details in your life because we know the world is going to be chaotic. Some of you are going home with some of these amazing young people that were <laughs> up here who were worshiping and they were they were in they were in a line and they were moving back and forth every once in a while. And when they get home, they're not going to be in a line. And they're, and they're going to experience things this week and they're going to put your life into chaos. Some of you came to church this morning and your life is in chaos because your job situation is completely unstable if you have a job situation. Because your health situation is totally unstable. And we need to remember that God gives us signs so that we could have hope, that he's in control, that he'll do what he said he would do. In 2004, been married a couple of years. And for some reason, one or the other, a man and I both felt that I was supposed to quit my job. I was serving as a youth pastor in another city. and uh, I just felt like this is, not the, this is not the right place for me. I'm not supposed to be serving here. She had a part-time job. I think she was supply teaching at the time. <laughs> I, and I'm quitting my job. We have a mortgage. We don't have any kids, but we had a mortgage and now we have half a job. <laughs> and through the next few months, and we really believed that God had been speaking to us. We didn't have any real visible sign. We just said, we're going to follow what God is saying to us. And over the next couple of weeks, I began to, ex- uh, months, I began to experience some, some health struggles, probably related to how I was stressed, like what am I supposed to be doing? But I, when, I, when I was married, th- when I was first married, you may find this hard to believe, but I was like 180 pounds. I, I drank a bottle of Dr. Pepper every day, and I really loved like fast food, burgers and all that, 180 pounds. And... And through the next probably six months, I lost about 50 pounds. wasn't able to keep wasn't able to keep food down. I was angry. I had health struggles. I was working three part-time jobs, trying to pay the mortgage. I was mad at God. Mad at mad at the church. I was actually working an overnight shift. I was working as a security guard guarding the mail. Now that's a high-responsible job. <laughs> <laughs> very stressful yes we had to we had to tour the mail facility every hour and write down notes nothing changed <laughs> and god had been faithful to be honest after about a week after quitting my job amanda was able to get a full-time uh, she was able to get two part-time positions and god had seen us through we weren't we weren't struggling to eat or anything when we were making our mortgage payment but I was working these three part-time jobs. And it, was, it was overnight. I think I probably started like late in the evening. And then um, I just got my first cell phone. It was like one of those, those guys, you know, the, the big, two big round balls. And I remember it was like a, a bleeping green thing on there that said, you have a message. So I, 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 opened the messi- the, the, I opened the voicemail thing. And this is how the message starts. I go, hi, Rick, this is God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How's that for a sign? And it continues to go on and go, hi, Rick, this is God. Actually, it's Doug Ryan calling, wondering if you'd be interested in talking about a job. <laughs> My purpose since that day has actually been to honor God. Since since, since that day, I said, God, <laughs> you're so faithful because I've been, he didn't know that I've been angry at God. He didn't know, actually, I've been looking at a few different opportunities for a career. He, I, had, I had met Doug, he, I was a college intern. I was serving as a, junior high youth pastor before he came to portico here and i so i had a couple was able to spend time for a couple of years growing and maturing and then he went off to mississauga i had been pastoring in a couple other places and i quit he didn't really know what was going on but his funny line because he's a funny guy (laughs) opens up hey rick this is god just just the words i needed to know actually my purpose since that day has been to honor god as i honor and submit to my leader been able to serve here at the church for 13 years, good times, ups, bad times, downs, but I can all track it back to a phone call through a joke where God gave me a sign. I can all go right back, and God said, and I still, still gives me the, the traction to go forward, and some of us need to be reminded that we can be sure of this, as Jesus said in Matthew 28, I am with you always, always, always even when it looks like God isn't in control, even when it looks like you made a wrong decision, even when it looks like somebody else has made a wrong decision and brought chaos into your life, even when it looks like the world is ending, we need to be reminded, be sure of this, I am with you. God is so faithful. He aligned the skies, the suns, the moon. He aligns the conversations of other human beings in the room. He aligns the conversations of people about their dreams and emails that are supposed to send. He does it all because he is in control and he is faithful. And I want to give us a time to reflect before we close this morning and worship God for how faithful he is. And whether you're being challenged to trust him rather than trust yourself, whether you're being challenged just Maybe you just need to begin to look for the sign that God has put out there to to give you the faith. I want you to spend the time, as Heather leads us in the song about faithfulness, what is God saying to your heart? And then we'll come back and close at the end. Why don't you stand with me? And we were talking about signs, and maybe just as a sign this morning, if, if you need God to speak, something specifically. If you're looking for some kind of sign, any area in your life, I'm just, we're, we're going to raise our hands like this. For no, it's not more spiritual. It doesn't do anything. It's a sign from us that we say, Lord, I need a sign from you. And Father, you see folks all over this room with their hands raised up as a sign to you saying, Lord, I need you to speak, Lord. I need you to do what you've said you would do. God, you are our healer. You are our provider. You are the comforter. You're the one that that leads our, our path and our footsteps, God. You're the one that ordains our steps, Lord. You're the one that speaks through us. You're the one that gives life to people where there's death, Lord. You're the one that gives hope where there is no hope, Lord. You are all these things. And Lord, we need this this morning. And you're so faithful. So in in the name of Jesus, I pray right now there will be miracles happening in people's lives. God, miracles in the room, out of the room, all the situations that are represented as we've lifted our hands up to you just as a sign that we trust that you're in control and the chaos is not taken over and that you are who you said you are. Oh God, what a privilege it is to be able to do that and say that and know that. And God, help our unbelief. We read that scripture a few weeks ago. Help me. I want to believe and help my unbelief because I will go from this place and I will see the reality of my world. I will wake up tomorrow morning and I will be confronted with something different that, that doesn't feel like it does today. Lord, help my unbelief to wake up every day and saying, I trust that you're in control. And if you answer it today, That would be amazing. And if you answer it next year, I'm still going to say you're faithful. And if you wait until you come back and you answer it, you are still faithful, Lord. I won't question you because you are in control. You are who you said you are. God, thank you for your word. So rich that teaches us that control, that, that gives us better understanding of how you work, Lord. God, thank you for a church where we can come together and, and honor you and see, see our kids begin to learn these same lessons, Lord. I pray that when our kids are in, are up here with us, Lord, they would, they would be able to stand with their arms raised and say, I give you control, Lord. Thank you so much for the privilege it is to lead and to get to be a part of a church that sees the next generation understanding the same thing, Lord. God, I pray as we go from this place that... Um, you would help us encourage other people to live the same, Lord. There, there are people that have no idea where to look for hope, Lord, and we do. And in the name of Jesus, help us to be able to have those conversations this week. Thank you so much, God, for our meeting together this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.